Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Today I want to talk to you. We're still in this series, Praying Bold Prayers. What kind of prayer are we praying? Bold prayers. Not bold in who we are, but bold in who Christ is. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 says, let us come boldly to the throne of God. Let us let our petitions be known to Him, for there we will find grace in the times when we need it most. And today the bold prayer I want to talk to you about is that God would move us from being empty to full. From being empty to full. How many would say that sometimes life can leave you empty? I want to talk in just a minute about four different types of emptiness. And I think it's, I think it's really important that we define what it means to be full. Sometimes we think a full life. We say, what, what does it mean to live a full life? Some people might think, well, that, that means you're living a, a wealthy life. Or to live a full life means you have uh, all the material attachments. We might even boil it down to the American dream, right? You have, you have plenty of stuff. You have plenty of people. You have plenty of, of accomplishments. And, and if you have the American dream, then you'll have a full life. Have you noticed the American dream is more expensive than it used to be? Just for fun, someone did a breakdown on how much the American dream cost. Would you like to, would you like to hear what they say? And you can, you can say, oh yeah, if you agree with it, you say no way if you don't. Um, the American dream means mom and dad of a bride will provide a wedding for their daughter, Right? The average cost of a wedding in 2023, including the engagement ring, $35,800. Wedding and ring. American dream. Average cost of a mortgage, including interest, $796,998. It's the American dream. That's with interest. Before you think that's a lot of money, you might want to go home and look at your amortization schedule. <laughs> Average cost of cars, this is throughout your lifetime, of course, $271,000, American dream. This is the one that caught my attention. Average cost of pet care <laughs> during your adult life. $67,935. Average cost of health care for your family of four, $934,000. This one didn't surprise me at all. Average cost of raising two kids until the age of 18, $576,000. How many think that's too low? There's a few other things I'll leave out. The American dream. Here's the sad news. How many would say, I could have all of that and life still be empty? Some, some of us know people have all of that. Maybe, maybe you're one of those people. You say, Pastor, I've, I've had all of that. And it left me 
empty. The truth is there is an internal emptiness that only God can fill. And today I want to talk to you about moving from empty to full because you can be a believer and a follower of, of Jesus Christ and still encounter seasons of your life that feel empty. I want to talk about what do you do with that. Well, here's what Paul said, Ephesians chapter 3. And I'll just, this is one of my most favorite ver, uh, chapters in all of God's Word. I've, I've, this is, I think this is the third time I've preached out of this in the last seven years. But today I'm just sitting a few verses. Ephesians 3, 13. So I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you. This is Apostle Paul preaching from prison. He says, don't be discouraged because of what I'm going through, which is for your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. That you may be full, right? Christ is dwelling in your heart. You can be full of His Spirit through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled. How do I go from empty to full? So you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, we love you and I pray the next few minutes of time as we let this word speak to us that you will speak through me, your servant. Lord, we know apart from your anointing that comes for preaching, we can do nothing. I also pray that right now, Holy Spirit, you would open every heart, mind, and ear to hear what the Holy Spirit would want to say to us. And we just make a personal commitment to respond to what the Holy Spirit would say to us at the conclusion of this message. Everybody in the room will say amen. Paul's writing. He's in prison, but he's writing. That's a message in itself. right? He's in prison, but he's not giving up on God. He's in jail, but he's not giving up on his ministry. He's in jail, but he's doing what he can for the Lord. How many understand there's people around the world today who are still in prison for preaching the gospel, right? And they're doing it anyway. There's several people that we support through Kingdom Builders every month that, that, are, that are living under the threat of arrest and imprisonment because they're preaching the gospel. And Paul is is in jail for preaching the gospel, yet he keeps preaching the gospel. But he, he says these words. He says, just because I'm in chains, just because I'm in jail for living for the Lord, he says, don't let what's happened to me discourage you. Because he's, he's, he's terrified that someone might say, well, look at Paul. He's trying to live for the Lord and instead of his life getting better, it's gotten worse. Look at him. He stood for Jesus, and now he's in jail. What hope do I have? Would I ever, maybe I should just back up or, or, or back down. But Paul says, no, I'm, I'm in jail, but I'm still full. I'm in chains, but I'm still enjoying the love of the Lord. I'm in jail, but I'm not discouraged. And whatever you're going through today, Paul would say, just because it's happening to you 
does not stop the power of God coming to you. Emptiness is a problem that can happen to all of us. There's, there's, I think there's, there's probably multiple reasons, but at least four reasons of emptiness that I can think of that we all find ourselves empty at sometimes. Number one, empty can be, emptiness can be the result of ministry. How many of you ever try to do something for the Lord? It takes time, it takes energy, and it can leave you empty. I think one of the reasons that why Jesus, the Bible says, he often withdrew to lonely places and, play, and prayed was because he needed to refuel his physical tank after pouring himself into others through ministry. So sometimes emptiness is just a result that you've, you've left it all in the field. You've, you, you've, you've given your all. And I'll just tell you, some, I, think it's, I think that's a good feeling that we all need to become more familiar with. That we've just given it all to God. When was the last time you went home and you thought, man, I just laid it all out there for God today? It is, a, it is the feeling of exhaustion, but it's also so, so sweet because if you will be faithful to pour yourself out for him, he will be faithful to fill you up once again. If not, I would have stopped preaching a long time ago. Number two, emptiness can be the result of a deeper hunger. Last night, our... Uh, Megan's parents had our kids, so we were just, I mean, we were like young couple, home alone, party at the Sanders house. My wife made homemade pizza. I didn't have to share it. My kids weren't there. Y'all weren't there. It was awesome. And I ate until I couldn't eat anymore. But Billy, I was introduced to something this weekend. It's called the Crumble Cookie Factory. Have y'all been there? You buy these cookies, they come in this pink box about this big. And I told Megan, I, I was so full, I told her I couldn't handle any more. But then I saw that pink box. And I realized I could. Did you know sometimes there's a spiritual hunger in us and it's not because God is not in us already. We're already living for God. We're already experiencing His grace. But then the Lord says, you know what? No matter how much of me I've put into you, there's still room for more. It's not that I'm empty because I don't have Him. It's just because I've, I'm hungry because I have had Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So sometimes our emptiness is not really that we're empty as much as we're still hungry for more. Which, friends, I think that also is a very healthy expression of spiritual hunger. The next two are not so healthy. Emptiness can also be the result of spiritual neglect. For whatever reason, we've stopped spending time with the Lord in prayer. For whatever time we've stopped engage in the Bible. For whatever reason, we've disconnected with the local church. For whatever reason, we've disconnected with people. Uh, it usually doesn't start. Very few times do people leave church on a Sunday, no matter how bad I preach. Very few times do they leave church and say, I'm never doing that again. Most of the time, it's more like a slow fade. 
little by little, and they become... And the sneaky thing about that is on Monday, if you skip all that, you may or may not miss it that much. It's just until one day, whether it's days or weeks later, you find out that you are spiritually bankrupt from neglect. And if that's you today, I want to tell you, you can once again move from empty to full. And emptiness can also be the result of spiritual attack. You're just under, you're, you're under, you're under fire. The enemy is, is, is firing those fiery darts at you, and you're spending all of your time and energy just to keep your head above water, just to, just to do what you know you're supposed to do. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute more. And, and I just I felt kind of impression. I thought Pastor Bethany did a wonderful job encouraging us a few minutes ago. And I just, you know, sometimes we, when we're under a spiritual attack, we know that we need to pray and fast about our battles. But I really felt kind of impressed this morning to talk a little bit more about fasting in this way. Sometimes I, I don't think we need to fast just when we're in trouble. We need to fast for others when they're in trouble. If, if our serious times of prayer and fasting is only reserved for our serious times, I think we're robbing others. We can help people when they're empty by lifting them in prayer. But here's what I came to say this morning. No matter the source of your emptiness, maybe you left it all in the field, maybe, maybe you are, you know, Pastor, I love God, I'm filled with the Spirit, I just want more. Or maybe you, are, you have been the victim of spiritual neglect of your own doing, or, or maybe you're under spiritual attack today. I want to give you a few ways that you can go from empty to full this morning. Number one, I think the first way to go from empty to full is to reframe the strain of your life. Paul says, I want you to redefine what I'm going through. I know you see that I'm in jail I know you're, you might be discouraged by this, but then he, he reframes the whole thing. He says, but this is actually for your glory. This is actually for your good because you're going to see God work in me, work through me, and keep me even through this, this uh, persecution that I'm going through. Everyone was defining Paul's circumstance as discouraging, but Paul defines it for the glory of God. I want to tell you this morning, we've got to learn to reframe the strains in our life. Paul's saying, don't quit for my sake. Don't be discouraged for me. Just because something wasn't in your plans doesn't mean that it's not in God's hands. I know that kind of rhymes, but that's not the point this morning. The reality is, is that just because you didn't plan it doesn't mean that God can't work through it. I've discovered that some of the most growing seasons of my faith have always been in the hard times of my life. And I did not plan any of those. There's not been one time in my 47 years of earth where I got on my knees and I prayed to the Lord, God, this has been too easy lately. My faith has not been challenged enough. So would you please send a storm to my life so I could grow in you? 
Maybe you've prayed that prayer. I've, I've never prayed that prayer. But they came anyway. And some of those seasons, by the way, they weren't my idea. Some of those seasons weren't God's idea either. Sometimes I was just doing dumb stuff and dealing with the consequences. But God was faithful, even though I was being mentally checked out. Some of those seasons were not God's idea because they were attack of the enemy. Some of those seasons were just caused by the fact that we live in a broken world. But no matter what reason the season came, the Word reminds us that even if we are unfaithful, He remains faithful to us. So even when our life is discouraging, you can still believe God to fill you even during the most discouraging moments of your life. God can even get glory out of the hard parts of our life if we don't let discouragement work. See, I believe that discouraging times are, are important times. I think there's three things that happen during discouraging times. Number one, we become more than what we were. Romans chapter 5 says, we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. But if we never go through moments of discomfort and suffering, we never have a chance to produce those things. I think discouraging times can be elevating times. The message of our life, I've said it a hundred times to you, your, your message shouts during the good times. Your message, your message of your life whispers during the good times, but it shouts during the hard times. I think the discouraging times of life are also the qualifying times of our life. Do you ever notice that it's not until David is on the battlefield to face Goliath that he says, I've killed the lion and I've killed the bear and this giant will be like one of them. Where's the scripture that says, and a lion came out to rob Daniel of his sheep, I'm sorry, David of his sheep, and he, oh, where's that scripture? Apparently that wasn't worth celebrating. I'll just tell you, it would be if I did it. I would be posting it on Facebook. I would be, you know, calling on the radio show. I would be doing whatever it does to let people. But, but what didn't get celebrated was still working for him to be qualified in the future. Number two, how do I go from empty to full? Reframe your problem. Number two, predetermine your response. This past Wednesday night, uh, Brother Corey Snelson preached for us and. Uh, we, we don't have that on, on video for you for technical reasons, but, but he did a great job of talking about how important making a predetermined decision is. Not when you're in a battle, but before you, the battle comes. Really, if you make a decision in the midst of the battle, you're probably not going to make a big decision. I, I grew up in South Arkansas. We, we don't have it quite as bad here as I did back home. But when I was a teenager, we had, like, it was like a high percentage of all car accidents involved a deer. 
Like, all of our roads are through the woods because that's what it is down yonder. It's woods. And so there's a rule that you kind of learn driving in, in those parts of the world. As if a deer jumps in front of you, you don't, you don't swerve. You hit it. Why? Because if you hit the deer, it might mess up your car. If you swerve, it might take your life. Better to hit a deer than a tree. Better to hit a deer than an oncoming car. So we were like pre-programmed. We, we, we did, when the deer jumps out in front of you, that is not the time to decide, should I? Should I swerve? Or should I go straight? Let me, let me phone a friend. No, no, no. It's too late. Paul says, I like the message version, he says this, my response is to get down on my knees. He's got a predetermined response. When discouragement comes, I'm not going to post about it, run about it, I'm not going to go to my friend. My response is to get down on my knees before the Lord. We've got to have a predetermined spot response that when emptiness comes to our life, this is my response, I'm going to go to the Lord. One of, the, one of the things that I think this is so important, one of the reasons is because you might want to write this down if you've never considered this before. Our natural responses usually cannot be trusted. What feels natural. We have a, we have a very high regard in 2024 for natural responses. I've even heard people say, well, if, it's, if it feels natural, then that must be God's will. No. We're, we're, not, we're not called to be people of the natural. We've been called to be people of the supernatural. So we don't, you, don't be, you don't follow a supernatural God by doing what is natural to you. I like how James gives us pre-planned responses for the different seasons of our life. He says if if you're happy, sing. But if you're sick, call for prayer. I was uh, reading, and Paul, Paul doesn't just say, I don't just bow down to pray when empty times come or discouraging. I don't just bow down to pray to get through it. But then Paul says something different. He says, and that I hope that you will discover how deep, how wide, and how long is the love of God. There's a, there's a scripture um, somewhere in my notes. It's in the Bible too. Um, Psalms 139, where the psalmist says, where can I go to escape your presence? And the conclusion of that conversation there is, basically the conclusion is this, nowhere. Wherever I am, God is there also. How many believe that? So that means whatever season I'm in, there's a dynamic of his power and presence I can experience here that I could not experience there. Every season of my life introduces me to a new dimension of my Heavenly Father. 
I was, I was reading a book a few years ago, and I remember I even shared part of this when I was reading the book about the Grand Canyon. We all have these dreams that maybe will happen someday. One of my dreams is I want to walk through the Grand Canyon from one, one side to the other. You can walk down it. It takes you about a day to get to the bottom. Then there's a hotel down there you can stay in, and then you can walk up the other side. Two days is a pretty quick trek through there. That's kind of on my dream, on my uh, radar to do one of these days. Um, the Grand Canyon has about 6.2 million people that visit it every year. Only 5% of the people that visit it ever go down in it. Out of that 5% that do go down, in it a little ways, only 10% of that 5% ever make it to the bottom. Most people just come and survey the top. In this book I was reading, there's a word for those people that just, you know, most of us, that just come and survey from the top. They're called realm dwellers. They just stay along the top of the realm. Friends, can I tell you, there's too many believers today that live in their, their entire Christian life as realm dwellers. They just kind of stay around the top of what God wants to do in them and through them, not understanding that sometimes the pressure and the emptiness in our heart is actually the call of God saying, come on down deep a little bit further and I will show you something. I will, I will extend my grace to you in a way that you can experience on the top. Number three, take a step of faith. Megan, if you want to come, I know I'm running slow on time. But the third thing is, how do I go from empty to full? As you take steps of faith. Look at verse number 17. So that Christ may dwell. That means to feel. That Christ may fill your hearts through faith. Faith is how we open the door to God to move us, from God to move us from empty to full. And faith is visible. I want to say that again. Faith is visible. James says, you say you have faith. He said, but I have, I say I have faith and you can tell that I have faith by what you, by what I do. Faith without works, James says, is what? It's dead. Faith is how we invite the Lord into our lives. And when it comes to faith, I would never tell anyone, and I'm not telling you today, I would never tell anyone just to go through the motions of serving God. Just go through the motions and it'll all work out. I would never say that. Just go through the motions of giving, go through the motions of serving, go through the motions of going to church, just go through the motions of loving people you'd rather not love. Just go through the motions of teaching your kids about the Lord. That sounds a lot like faking it, right? Just going through the motions. But there are times when faith demands that you take steps and go through motions that you may not feel like going through. You may see no benefit of going through them, but sometimes faith is going through the motions. It's going to church when I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like going to church. 
but I'm going to go to church. Why? Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So I'm going to go. I don't feel like it. I had to work to 2 o'clock last night, but I'm going. You may call it emotion. I call it faith. All right? I'm going to, it is emotion, but it's not just emotion. It's an expression of my faith. I, I like the account when Jesus first came upon Peter, James, and John in the boat, and he said, hey, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And one of those spoke up and said, Lord, you stick to preaching, we'll stick to fishing. Right? That's the Greg Sanders version. They said, Lord, we've been doing this all night long. And you say, do it again? And they finally said, we've been doing this all night long. It hasn't worked. But at your word, we will go through the motion one more time. They were just following the... They did, they, they went, they did the same exact motion they'd been doing all night long. But this time when they brought in their nets, what happened? It was full of fish. It was the same motion, but it was a motion of faith this time because they're doing what the Lord has spoke to them to do. Sometimes when you don't know what to do, the most spiritual thing that you can do is this. Do what you know to do. Do the last thing God told you to do. Do what God's word. Pastor, I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Well, friends, sometimes that's called faith. I'm just doing what God told me to do. I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it, preacher. I think that might qualify as even more faith. I know you're not shouting right now because we, in the American church, we like microwave Christianity, right? We want to press 20 seconds and 20 seconds later, we like microwaves instead of crock pots when it comes to our spirituality. Sometimes God produces us. And we assume that since we went through this motion and it didn't work in 20 seconds, it's not working at all. But if you will stay faithful, you do your part. That's called faith. God will do His part. That's His faithfulness. And fourth, how do I move from empty to full? Fourth way I'd point you this morning is stay connected to, the, to a community of faith. Look at verse number 18. It says that may, they may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is. Do you know it's in the midst of a church community like this where you get to experience different graces and different evidences of God's love and His power. He says in, the, in a community of saints, you're going to see how wide the love of God is. I could spend a whole sermon talking about this morning, how wide. Do you know, you know how you measure a river? You measure a river by how much it covers. And when I come to church on Sunday mornings, you know what I get to see? How much God's grace covers. Because there's people in this room today that I know your story. I know what God brought you out of. I know who you used to be. I know what you used to do. But every Sunday you remind me that the grace of God is so wide it covers you. And that encourages me that it might still, it'll cover me too. Not that it might, it will cover me too. I get to experience that as I 
gather together. I get to experience how long the love of God is. While I was still a sinner, Christ loved me. I get to see how high His love is because I'm seated with Him in heavenly places. doesn't matter how, how, how empty that jail cell feel, felt. Paul knew that he was still enjoying the presence of God. Today I want to ask you to bow your heads as, we're, as we get ready to pray. If you're empty, He can fill you. I'll even dare to say it a different way. If you're empty... Only He can fill you. He can fill you with joy. He can fill you with peace. He can fill you with hope. He can fill you with direction. He can fill you with confidence. I like the Ephesians 3. So this, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He's able to do more than we could ask or think. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm empty. I'm not asking why you're empty. Maybe you're empty this morning because you've left it all on the field this week. Maybe you're empty because you've, uh, you've been guilty of spiritual neglect. Maybe you're empty because I've had enough to know that he's still got more for me. And if he has it, I want it. If you're empty, I just want you to know He can fill you today. Say, Pastor, I'm feeling empty today. It doesn't matter the reason, but I'm going to ask God to fill me. Would you lift a hand real quick? That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. Pray that God will fill me this week. Pray God will fill me this morning. Amen? 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 All across this room, we just want more of the Lord. Amen? Would you join us by standing all across this room today? I want to ask you, lift your hearts. You might whatever, just, just a posture of prayer. Would you just open up to the Lord right now, would you just personally, verbally express to Him, Father, fill me. Fill me this morning, Lord. Fill me, refresh me, renew me. Pour out Your Spirit in me. Extend Your grace to me in an increasing measure today. Lord, I want more of You. So, Lord, here I am. I stand before You. I am empty. So, Lord, fill me. Fill me with Your Spirit. Fill me with Your direction. Fill me with joy. Fill me with peace. Lord, fill me with love for those that I'm leading, love with those around me. Fill me with your direction. Fill me with hope, Lord. You are the God of all hope. So fill us with hope today. Lord, Paul said, do not be discouraged because of my chains. Lord, I pray that none of us will be discouraged by the attacks or the chains of the enemy. Instead, we just say, Lord, fill us until the chains cannot contain us any longer. Fill us today, Lord. Fill us today, Lord. God, I pray for every person lifted their hands today. I pray that they would be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. And that you would lead them into a lifetime and lifestyle of living full. I pray that over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for his word today? We love you. Let me give you a snapshot. Number one, don't live empty. Number two, don't believe alone. 
I think those two things will work together. It's 1125. If no one's told you yet they love you, let me tell you, I love you. God bless you. If you're a first-time guest, I'll be in the foyer in about 30 seconds. I'd love to greet you and meet you and put a gift in your hands just to say thanks for being here this morning. God bless you. Thanks for being part of the assembly. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day and God bless.